Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we are again, my friends. I was all excited to come and talk to you today. And I just thought we would reference all out. Did we like this match? Did we like that match? Did we like the card as a whole? And then somebody took out their shoot cannon and started firing it away. Now, of course, we will get into all of that on other videos. But for now, we are going to keep the rules intact. We are going to do what we are paid to do, which is taking this finger of power and giving the good bits up and the bad bits down. And given that there was 82,967 matches on this pay-per-view, I think I should shut up and we should just get into it. Let's up those downs. I'll start with the pre-show that had Sammy Guevara and Ty Mello taking on Ruby Soho and Ortiz, Angelo Parker taking on Hook, Pac versus Kip Sabian, and Eddie Kingston versus Ashii. I'm just going to tell you this, all of them were very good. The absolute worst part is when Ruby Soho got dropped right on her neck, and honestly, I started to freak out because it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen. And yes, after Hook had won, he was saved by a 2.0 attack courtesy of Action Bronson, who of course raps his theme music. Now it looks like we're going to be doing a tag team match. We have moved into another dimension. The other respective winners too were Sammy and Ty, Pac and Kingston. And look, like I've said, I have so much to deliver to you today. I'd like to keep this video under an hour, giving it an up and move it on. And then of course we started All Out Proper and it was the Casino Ladder match. And I'm sorry, but I don't think anybody had this on their bingo cards. Especially because if you did have this bingo card and you went to a bingo hall and the person at the front was shouting out 22 and you were going, oh, mystery joker winner. They'd be like, please leave, you're weird. But it was Phoenix versus Penta versus Andrade versus Roosh versus Wheeler Utah versus Dante Martin versus Claudio Castanoli versus this joker. And what I am tempted to do is just to tell you that each came in at set intervals, they got the ladder and they smacked each other around before, yes, we did get to the Joker. 
And really, this is what we should talk about because it did get very strange. I don't want to crap over what did happen beforehand because honestly, it was just your standard ladder match, but the risks they take and the effort they put in is absolutely incredible, especially because we got a sunset ladder bomb onto a ladder bridge. And I was like, what is going on? What are we even doing anymore? When, yeah, a bunch of masked individuals came to the ring because there was loads of them, they beat everybody up, and then somebody climbed to the top of the ladder and they took the chip. And of course, when you do indeed grab this thing, you will become the number one contender. But it was made very clear to us that no, the person who had just done this is not the Joker because they hadn't had their entrance, which is definitely a plus because when they removed their hood, it was Stokely Hathaway, who was basically laughing like a cartoon villain or his face was, he's all like, I did it. This is when the Rolling Stones started to play over the loudspeaker, like Mick Jagger didn't come out and go, well done, you've done it. And that would have been very, very strange. When another dude with a mask came out, although this was a devil one, he approached Oakley Hathaway, he took the chip, and then he pretended he was going to unmask. He didn't, and he just walked to the backstage area with all of his goons. And I just realized I haven't told you, the goons were all the people that Stokely Hathaway has been recruiting recently. So there was Ethan Page, there was Lee Moriarty, there was W. Morrissey. All of a sudden, this started to tie in. Now, if you are a super geek like me, you probably sat there and well, that's got to be Maxwell Jacob Friedman, although nobody alluded to this. And at first, it seemed like we weren't going to get a payoff and we were going to have to wait until Dynamite. It was kind of 50-50 with that. But as it turned out, it was going to bookend the show. So we will talk about it later. And for me, I had a good time. I thought it was entertaining. I like a mystery swerve. We were not playing around either, because even though we did have every single match ever created on this AEW pay-per-view, the next one was the Dark Order and Hangman Page taking on the Elite. And I'm just going to tell you this, it was flubbing amazing. We had all the emotion too, because the very first people in there were Nick Jackson and Adam Page, and you could just feel the love and the hate and all the tension going between them. And I was a bit like, damn it, just get it over and kiss. They weren't able to outdo each other, so Matt Jackson and Alex Reynolds got in there after they had done a bit of wrestling. Matt Jackson just went, <laughs> he spat right in Alex's face. And I thought about it, and my conclusion was, I don't think that's a wrestling move. It was kind of dumb because we did have a little bit of a tag and ha there, and we had some shenanigans because when the smoke cleared, who was then staring at each other? It was the cowboy and Kenny Omega. If you had gone really quiet, you could hear somebody in the audience go, ooh, Delali. And I realized it was me in my room and that's how life works. And it was just a mini tease for later because soon John Silver tagged in. And this was a major mistake by him because the elite started to work over his arm. Because as we have learned time and time again, if you don't have an arm, it's going to be harder for you to wrestle. We then had a bigger tag claxon, ah, go off. So everybody was then throwing blows. And this kind of isolated the hangman. And I suppose we were meant to think, well, these are old buddies. These are old friends. Maybe there'll be some respect there. But it wasn't. And Kenny Omega and the Bucks absolutely murked it. The coolest part is the hangman was able to fight back and he hit a DVD. And this is when he tagged John Silver back in, who did that routine where he just goes, whoa. And he just runs and he runs and he runs. And he hits move after move after move. And you can't help it. It just infects you like some kind of a disease. And you start going, oh man, that Johnny Hungy, he pretty good. We then just had all the moves imaginable because there was double Northern Light Suplex. Kenny Omega did his Terminator tie. There was Snapdragons. There was German suplexes. And I kind of started dancing around like a puppet because I didn't know what else to do. Like my brain wasn't processing. So for some reason, 
the information that did get into the old noggin was B Pinocchio. Why? Now, it was around this point when I started to go, I just don't believe the Dark Order are going to win. But my word, did All Elite Wrestling have a recipe for that? Because John Silver started busting out all of the most devastating moves in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll-up. And on a couple of them, I totally believed it. Because on the outside, Alex Reynolds was holding the Young Bucks foot. So it just made you that 1-2% go, well, maybe they're going to do it even though really that wouldn't make any sense. This was doubly true when Paige was able to hit Omega with the buckshot lariat to the back. When he went to do it from the front, Nick Jackson was there and he hit his own version of the move. And I tell you the way that we ended this. Because finally the Dark Order had got together. Hangman was ready to put the buckshot lariat onto Kenny Omega, but at the last second, Ken got out of the way, meaning the cowboy hit his buddy, hit his pal, John Silver. And as the Jacksons got rid of Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega just went shrug emoji and he pinned Johnny Hungy, who was down for the one, two, three. So he didn't even use his own move. Hangman looked absolutely devastated after this, as he would do. And of course, it means the Elite are now our inaugural trio champions. And this just fits so well together. We played off the past. We looked towards the future. And I tell you, I don't know how they did this. It was like somebody presenting me with an equation and somehow I sorted it out and then Stephen Hawkins walks in and goes, Simon, you did it. I'm like, Steve, I thought you were dead. <laughs> this was the same way it kind of went through to me. I couldn't make heads and tails of it. Seriously, it doesn't just get it up. It gets a golden up. These are some talented folk. Jay Cargill versus Athena for the TBS title was next. We have a few things to talk about. Now, the first one is that Jade came out here dressed like She-Hulk. Although the commentators went, oh, she's green because she likes money. And I was like, bros, dudes, what are you doing? That's the stupidest excuse I've ever heard in my life. Secondly, though, yes, it was relatively short. And I've seen everybody talking about this online. But I do not flubbing care. Because do you know what I want from a Jade Cargill match? I want her to storm out there. I want her to obliterate someone. And then I want her to leave going, man, you that bitch. So if you want to break it right down, yeah. I'm saying kind of make her Goldberg. And that's what we did to here. Because he was taking her on Athena. And Athena is quick. And Athena has all the pace in the world. So she was running around. Jade Cargill was doing all the big moves. We were done in five minutes. And it left me wanting more. And that's far better than some 20-minute marathon. When I do get the one, two, three, I just go, well, I guess that happened. We also had some really good spots here because Athena hit the Eclipse almost instantly. And you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to win. But the baddies grabbed her leg and pulled her out the ring. Actually, they made her pull the referee out the ring. I can't remember now, but yes, ultimately she went for it again. Instead, Cargill hit Jaded, obviously kicked her right in the face. And she not only retained her championship, but her undefeated streak continued. Now, I do admit that Athena should have had more in the four months, whatever it's been, that she has been at the company. Company, but where push came to shove, I'm going to say they delivered, and I'm giving it up. We had a quick interview with CM Punk, who said he's not worried about John Moxley, because Moxley isn't just fighting Punk, he's fighting all of Chicago. And I looked at this venue, and I said to myself, I don't think they can fit everybody in there. It also meant that our next match was FTR and Wardlow taking on the Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal. And the roller coaster I went on with this. Because there's no two ways about it, it was a very good match. And when FTR and the Motor City Machine Guns were in there, I kept saying to myself, maybe we should have just done a tag team match and had Wardlow and Jay Lethal just have done a TNT Championship contest. It was also just a nice warm and fuzzy feeling in my tum-tum too, because seeing Chris Saban and Alex Shelley get to perform what I'm going to suppose is the biggest stage they ever had just felt so deserved 
because these guys have been smashing it for 20 years probably deserve more plaudits than they get. Otherwise though, this isn't exactly what you thought it would have been. Dax Harwood seemed like he had the thing won until Sanjay Dutt started casting distracting. This meant Dax got beaten up for a bit. Eventually Cash got the hot tag. He then tagged in Wardlow, who did the Powerbomb Symphony, onto Jay Lethal. We were done. That was it. And I was looking around like John Travolta. What really kicked ass is what happened afterwards, because Jay Lethal's crew were like, oh man, we're going to attack when Samoa Joe's music hit. He walked out to a very nice pop. He managed to smash Matman Singh with the championship. When out came Dax's daughter, she broke Sanjay Dutt's pencil. Everybody beat him up. And this segment ended with said child with her foot on Sanjay as the official went one, two, three. And I tell you, if somebody wasn't cutting onions up in here, well, I was probably shedding a tear. So I'm also going to count that as an official win. So Dax's daughter is now one to nothing in AEW. But I do think you have to say we probably could have done this on Dynamite and made this card a little bit shorter. However, was I offended by this? Absolutely not. I'm giving it up. And then those nutbags did it. Love <laughs> me sideways. Because if you did indeed watch my predictions video for All Out, still available, you will know that at one point I said this match should probably be pretty short and ultimately, while I didn't advocate for a squash, if powerhouse Will Hobbs just totally destroyed Ricky Starks, I wouldn't mind it that much because Ricky can just go out and die on my cut a promo and he'll be the best guy ever again. And man, this is what we did and I absolutely loved it. Because I mean, Starks got a few things in there. But basically, William was like, man, I'm going to break your ribs. So he attacked Ricky Starks' stomach. And then when Starks went for the spear, he reversed it into a ridiculous spine buster. And he just pins him. And the best part about this is if you listen to the crowd, they actually went, oh my gosh, well, it did happen because nobody saw it coming. This also means we can continue the feud and AEW doesn't really do that, but you should be doing it with this because both parties are going to come out the other side as a bigger star. So while there isn't much else to talk about, this was good business as far as I'm concerned. It is giga. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And we then flip reverse that too, because we had the acclaimed versus swerve in our glory and if you like crowd reactions and you like adrenaline running through your veins, and you haven't done a bunch of drugs, you need to go watch this match. And the absolute highlight is that over the last few months, the whole point has been we've got to push the acclaimed. Why aren't we pushing the acclaimed? We've got to turn Max Caster and Anthony Bowens into mega baby faces. And they have reached that point here. I just had to give them a kiss. I couldn't help it. I was just so pleased. And even Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland realized this. They're like, you know what? We're happy to play the heel. And the only thing that will make you a sad panda is that the acclaim didn't win. Because I tell you, if they had have done, the reaction would have been going on to 10 best biggest pops ever lists. It would have been wild. And of course, we got some scissoring, which always sounds weird out of context. But you had more story here because Anthony Bowens has been suffering from some injuries recently. So after our tag team champions worked him over, he was like, oh, no, my leg. Maybe I'm hurt again. And I got all panicked. I like to buy in. It did mean that Swerve and Keith Lee worked him over for a while, but when he got the tag to Max Caster, this place came unglued. And the whole idea for this match was, obviously, we're not going to take the tag team titles off of Swerve in our glory, even though we should have done. So we are just going to come up with all these false finishes that are going to make wrestling fans the world over lose their mind. And I'm still looking for mine because I haven't found it. We also had this Billy Gunn and Keith Lee stare off at one point. And I was like, once again, we're just living in a crazy universe. And this was designed so that when Keith turned back around, Max Caster got him up for an attitude adjustment. That's what it was. You know, he raps, John Cena raps, and he hits it. And honestly, I was just going, yeah, yeah, pin him. I was totally out of control. The mic drop followed this too, and the crowd was devastated that it didn't get the one, two, three. And as you may have seen here, there, and everywhere, so many people have said Tony Khan should have called an audible. Tony Khan should have called an audible. Why didn't Tony Khan call an audible? uh, It's hard to debate it. Tony Khan should have called an audible. There was a bunch more intended nonsense towards the end of this, but eventually Keith Lee and Swerve did hit that blockbuster top rope stomp thingamajig. And they got the one, two, three. But I tell you, this is when you know you've got some good, good guys because I felt every single happy thing in my body break. This is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland we're talking about. They are absolutely brilliant, but as of right now, they ain't the acclaimed. To ensure we move forward as planned, they did all scissor each other after the fact, and you do have to give this an up, because obviously it was so damn good. But we are also giving it a very rare down, but this is one of those kayfabe downs, because I was utterly shattered after this. It was like somebody had come in here and told me that I was being sent to the Phantom Zone, even though I'd done nothing wrong, I didn't deserve to be in the Phantom Zone. So it's totally in kayfabe, but as far as I'm concerned, they're the best ones. We then had the women's four-way for that world championship, and it very much seems like we stuck to the plan, even 
though the plan had to change a little bit. But it was Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Sheeta versus Jamie Hayter. And yes, you do have to point out that the crowd was a little bit quiet after this. But they had made so much noise for the tag match that preceded it. I don't understand how they were able to talk at all. I also massively respected this because the first thing that all four women did go for was the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And I tell you, if somebody had actually locked it in and got the one, two, three, even in the first 20 seconds, I would have been waving my flag. We then got into the classic routine of you go, I go, they go, get your nan in and she can go. But of course, Rebel was on the outside, casting distraction, which is when Tony Storm and Sheeta were like, look, we've got to stop this. So they gave her a headbutt. However, eventually Sheeta got beaten up so bad, she had to be taken by the back. I was like, well, I suppose we're never going to see her again. Turned out that was completely incorrect because, of course, this left Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter to just beat up Tony Storm, which is when Sheeta did make her grand return. Honestly, we were just doing angles for days on All Out because finally, finally, or at least I assume so, we got the breakup between Jamie and Britt. Because after Hater had hit her big lariat and she had the match won, and the ref went one and the ref went two, Britt Baker stopped the count. And honestly, Jamie Hater looked at her like, man, if you get in here right now, I'm going to eat your face. There's also one final twist here as well, because in the fracas, Tony was able to hit Storm Zero onto Jamie Hater when Britt Baker tried to steal the pin. And can you imagine? But once again, Tony was like, no, 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 that's not happening. She hit the DDT on Britt Baker. She hit another DDT, her beloved move, onto Jamie that allowed her to get the one, two, three. So she is now the champion, which is what we should have done, because I hope it actually kind of kickstarts her AEW career. But right now, when we get to Dynamite, surely Jamie Hayter is going to be, not only did you cost me the championship, but you also tried to beat me, you horrible, horrible burden. I mean, if we don't do it, I will not do much of anything. It just won't make any sense, because it's right there. But once again, did this feel like an all-out pay-per-view caliber match? I'd probably say no. But did I enjoy it for what it was? Yes. Yes, I did. Up. And then I lost my mind and became a little bit arrogant. Reeled myself back up because I was right. This whole damn time I have been telling you, I don't think we can trust Luchasaurus. He's a dinosaur and we screwed him over many years ago to the point now we have to try and bring in Sam Neill to try and fix things. That's exactly what happened. Well, no, Sam Neill wasn't here, but it was Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy, although he was also called Jack Perry. And even though his mum was able to slap Christian, which is more than deserved, this is when Luchasaurus did come out. He grabbed his former friend. He just choke slammed his ass all over the place. He rolled him in the ring. And Christian beat him in like 32 seconds. I mean, there was a tease here in the sense that Christian hit a spear, but Jungle Boy kicked out, so he just got him with a kill switch instead. But I thought this was a terrific angle. It was a terrific storyline. Also made me feel good because I did predict it. But when you also learn that Christian Cage is injured, so this is how they got around it, well, I say bravo. That is how you roll with the punches and give us something compelling. Because once again, there was 15 matches on this show. Not every single one could be 20 minute banger, 20 minute banger, 20 minute banger. And this also means that we can continue the feud. And I'm all good with that because I'm repeating myself. It's not really something All Elite Wrestling does. They can do more of it. So you can get mad at me, but I'll get my boxing gloves on getting it up. This whole card was off the wall though, because it was then Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. And if you can believe it, this match between two legends has divided everyone right down the middle. 
like cake. The short version is they worked a very hard hitting, very deliberate technical match that saw Brian Danielson doing all his weird magical whoop whoop here I go kind of a stuff. Whereas Jericho was also doing that, but every now and then would get frustrated. So he would tonk Brian right in the face. It also tied into the Daniel Garcia stuff who was watching backstage because Dan had gone to Jericho. You don't need to cheat in order to beat Danielson. And Danielson is my hero. And ultimately, I just think this wasn't the fight that fans expected some people were a little bit confused. Brian also kicked Jericho's head in at one point, and he was always going to do that, but it got me for some reason. And eventually we were transitioning out of the bell logs into walls of Jericho, because once again, they're both very good professional wrestlers. And once again, that tied into everything that was going on here, because both Garcia and Christopher had said, I am good at this grappling stuff, and I'm able to do it. But when he did get frustrated, and he did get confused, I suppose, and as soon as he saw the referee's viewpoint was obstructed, he took his leg, he smacked Daniel Bryan, oh, there you go, Bryan Danielson, right in the balls. He hit the Judas effect and he got the one, two, three. And the real issue here is you could have like popped a balloon and that kind of would have replicated the crowd. They didn't really buy it. We did ensure that the Jericho Appreciation Society came out to celebrate with the wizard, although Daniel Garcia wasn't there. We'll talk about that in just one second. But I can actually understand both sides of the fence. As a professional wrestler myself, I watched this and I was like, they're just so damn good and they know what they're doing. And one day if I was ever that good, I would do a backflip and then kill myself and that would be the end of my life. So I am gonna give it an up, but there was something about Jericho just booting Danielson right in the balls to get the win that just didn't click, even though it makes sense in the story, because Garcia was right. Christopher Jericho is a bit of a moron. But it's okay, you are able to have different emotions as you do go through a match where so it gets one up and it gets one down. And now we can see where we go with this. And surely the ending is Danny Boy joining the Blackpool Combat Club. And then all of my predictions kept coming in too because it was Sting, Darby Allen, the Miro versus the House of Black. And I had proclaimed this will be the most fun thing on the show. Probably was. I don't think we even need to overplay it either. Malachi back and Miro started this. Once again, Miro just wants to murder everyone. But I also don't think he likes Darby Allen because he didn't want to tag him in. Either that or he just wanted to save him because when Darby did get in there, the House of Black just threw him around like he was a piece of paper. Let's not pretend otherwise. One day I would like to see a sheet of A4 have a wrestling match. Eventually Sting saved his boy and just did Sting things and everybody loved Sting so everyone felt good about themselves. And when Malachi Black went to do his big old kick, Sting went and he spat the mist into his face. This is when Darby Allen kind of awkwardly came in and applied the last cradle supper thing, whatever it's called, the last supper cradle for the one, two, three. And this did feel very matter of fact. I kind of always presumed it would. Now, I totally do agree that I do not understand what the deal with the House of Black is because they're treated so strangely. But after this, as it's been reported, Malachi Black did wave to the crowd and he took a bow. And there's also been rumors that he's asked for his AEW release. So we go back to the shrug emoji. Maybe he's actually done. Thing is though, fun is fun. And I like fun getting it up. We then did get all the fallout with that Chris Jericho stuff because Tony Garcia was interviewing them. Jericho was like, Danny, why didn't you come and celebrate? In fact, the fact you didn't means you don't like us anymore. So on Dynamite, when you're taking on Wheeler Utah for the ROH Pure title, we're not gonna be at ringside. There you go, just planting some more seeds. Which brought us to the main event, and I tell you this, do I like a swerve? Yes, do I like a twist? And we just got it in droves. For it was CM Punk versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship, and it was just a good reminder that if you do have a super duper hot crowd, 
you can take what is already going to be a good match and turn it into a great one. My word, did I have a good time. Because this ups and downs is already 1,000 years long, we will just get into it. And in the early going, I'm talking the first couple of minutes, Punk hit the GTS and he pinned John Moxley and Mox kicked out at two. And I thought this was a tremendous way to start things off because, of course, it would have mirrored the match they had a couple of weeks ago when Mox won in three minutes and Punk had this smile on his face like, ha ha, I knew I could do it. But this just meant afterwards they could escalate, escalate, escalate. It was like the Dark Knight. We had blood before long because it was Moxley Max, although it was Punk that was bleeding. And it was here when Johnny was all like, I remember, he's got a bad foot. Why don't I go after it? what you would do. You then got all the moves. I mean, there was pile drivers, there was anaconda vices, there were bulldog chokes. But once again, it was another match where you're like, well, John Moxley could win it or CM Punk could win it. I can't make up my mind. If somebody came in here right now and put a gun to my head and say, choose, I would be dead. I mean, everything they did made you go, oh, no, Moxley's going to win. Oh, no, I mistake. Punk's going to win. Oh, no, wait, Moxley's going to win. Maybe it's some random guy called Darren. Maybe Darren's going to get in the ring and he's going to win with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The point is, I don't know what's happening. Who wants a cookie? There was then a bunch of finisher attempts because you always have to do that in your main event in 2022 when Moxie was able to score with the Death Rider. Punk kicked out of it. Oh my gosh, he kicked out. When Jonathan applied the Bulldog choke, but they got back to their feet and Punk hit the GTS, but they were both so spent, they kind of just landed on each other. It worked out for CM though, because Mox was right on his shoulders. So he stood up with one foot. He stood up with his bad foot. He was able to hit it. He got the one, two, three. This Chicago crowd just lost their minds. If you can believe it, this is not even the end of it. Because the lights went out instantly when we cut to the big screen and that devil guy who had won the casino ladder match was there. And he took his mask off, although you couldn't see his face, and basically said, Wah, I'm the devil, when he put on a Burberry scarf. <laughs> and you have to go and watch this, because I actually think people shouted so loud, they'll never be able to dog again. It got even bigger when his music played, and even though they were in Chicago, and Maxwell Jacob Friedman was returning to AEW to confront CM Punk, All Out ended with the Chicagoans going, MJF, MJF. I don't know where we are anymore. I don't know what to do. Maybe I'll look over here. Maybe I'll look over here. This was good television. I also forgot to tell you as well, before we did cut to the big screen, there was a voicemail that played that was from Tony Khan, clearly talking to MJF, saying, look, you ran away. You're not coming back. I need you because I care about the fans. So I'm going to pay you a flub load of money and you don't need to extend your contract. And I thought that was a wonderful placement because it ties in the whole narrative. This was so good though, it was so, so good. And now I'm literally counting the days till Wednesday, which I don't need to do because it's just Tuesday, Wednesday. It's two days, it takes all of three seconds, but screw it. I know we've done it once, but I'm doing it twice. It doesn't just get an up. It gets the golden up. Which does bring us to the end of All Out. And if you have been so kind to give me all of your time, yes, I shall give you my thoughts when it comes to this CM Punk press conference situation. And that is that I have no idea what's going on. I thought some of the things he said were very close to the bone, but I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not going to speculate because quite clearly there's a lot of raw emotion here. And let's not forget these are individuals. They are human beings. They're going to be happy. They're going to be sad. Is it better than this stuff? Doesn't roll over into the public? Probably. I think it would be better for AEW if it was kept quiet. But as always, because I'm that guy, I just hope everybody is okay. And quite clearly, All Out is getting it up. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.